This is, good morning, this is the ancient Texan. A little sluggish this morning, didn't have a good night's sleep. Like yourself, then you die, as they say. Well, Putin's up to Annie in, in Russia. How does Putin's story affect us? Well, there's number one level nuclear weapons, which is an existential threat to our existence. And I've had another YouTube and podcast on what happens when he does drop nuclear weapons. What's our response? Which is a really serious damn question. Right now, I'm going to pretend like that's not really going to happen, and I'm going to play the game that climate change is an existential threat. Aha, uh -huh. compared to nuclear weapons, it's nothing. Well, how is Putin's story? Putin's story is fixing to be. Uh, we held a referendum in the occupied territories and they voted they want to be part of Russia. We're doing some legislative BS in our country that says they are now part of Russia. And so when you send a missile into Maripol or Crimea, Kersant, any of the occupied territories, um, you're attacking Russia. And then he can justify to his people, A, that he's drafting 300,000 more soldiers, and B, that he may use nuclear weapons. But let's ignore that, which we've been ignoring nuclear weapons my whole lifetime, except maybe in the 50s when I was a kid and we hit under desk like that's going to do something good. When a nuclear weapon came. <laughs> it was a joke then. Because it was like, give us some sense of control. It was a story we're told. And it's a story that we've been told forever that it's okay. It's, you know, mutually assured destructions. Mad. And that would keep crazy people like Putin from existing. Crazy people exist independent of our theories. But let's ignore mutually assured destruction and just assume it doesn't happen because if it does this and everything else we're talking about, global warming, it won't make any difference anyway. But let's pretend I'm still alive in a year. And the rest of us are still alive and we're still trying to do global we're still trying to do you know positive thing for the climate well the current but well, let's how does Putin's story affect our ability to go green well Putin's story is about Ukraine what's unique about Ukraine hold that thought in your mind most of our current plan is to build a bunch of electric vehicles, put them on the grid, and that's going to help us go green. 
let's kind of rehearse what we've done so far that's helped us go green. We did fracking. We switched a lot of coal plants over to natural gas because we made natural gas cheap, shut down coal plants. We had a 15% uh, decrease in our CO2 emissions over the last um, decade. By fracking. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. And we can lower CO2 the fastest way we can lower it, shutting down more coal plants and going to more natural gas. Letting the Keystone pipeline go through, other pipelines to move the natural gas to where it's needed. That's the fastest way this country can continue to lower CO2. It's the most profitable. It's the easiest. It's the best for the environment because coal puts a lot of crap in the air besides just you know, CO2. You know, look that up. It's nasty stuff. But let's say we're not going to take the logical route. We're going to go with making a bunch of electric vehicles, put them on the grid. Well, that only works if the grid is using renewable power. And how's the grid going to switch over to using renewable power? Well, there's all these bonuses for solar panels and wind turbines. And, thank goodness, there's some money in there for developing uh, small-scale nuclear power plants. Which I think is great, but that's... Don't kid yourself, that's going to take a decade to develop that technology, get it going, and then it's going to take another decade to get permitting through our, you know, not in our backyard environment. So, I very much believe that's the way we have to go if we go green. Uh, short of the easy gains by going to more natural gas. But we don't care about easy or smart or efficient. We're going to blow through money that could be used for feeding the world. But that will soon become apparent as Ukraine's resources are taken off of the planet. Let's look at what Putin may be after in Ukraine. Putin right now has pretty much a monopoly on natural gas, big chunk of nickel. They've got their own lithium deposits, coal. They're a big, big, biggest country in the world. A lot of natural resources. Guess who's a big competitor? Guess who's eight months before the war started, started an agreement with Europe. They, they were going to, you know, co-develop um, mineral deposits in Ukraine as a team because they're pretty much everything Russia got, Ukraine has. Guess which part? The eastern part that Mr. Putin wants to annex and down through Maripol, that whole little strip that he's got right now, that all he's like on top of the mineral resources. So we're 
Right now, doing this jump into EV with the assumption we have the raw materials, we don't. But, and the ones that we do have, it's we're opening a couple of lithium mines, and I dare say they've probably been trying to open them for 10 years. But we need lithium, copper, manganese, cobalt. Well, Ukraine's sitting on a bunch of lithium and they don't have the not in my backyard problem that we have. They're not frozen in some alternate reality that you can go green without digging holes in the ground. And that they're not going to do such dirty things in their backyard. They kind of believe the green in my backyard philosophy. So Russia's story is about how they're saving people that want to be part of Russia. Uh, the real story might mean that they're the biggest potential competitor to supplying raw material besides Russia. We have a second half of that problem that I'll refer to, but we'll, that's a whole podcast in itself. But there's one, the extraction of, let's say, lithium or copper or manganese, whatever, from the earth. And then two, processing it into a finished product, lithium metal, lithium carbonate, lithium hydroxide, lithium oxide, copper metal, manganese, manganese sulfate, that kind of stuff. Well, as you can guess, the production is kind of spread out all over the world, but the processing is done, you guessed it, by China. So, more than likely, if um, Ukraine was left free to develop their resources with Europe, most of the material that would be mined in Ukraine would go to China for processing, and then China would sell it to us to put in our electric vehicles. That's our plan. Now Russia's cutting off a big chunk of competition if they can successfully uh, control the parts of Ukraine that they want to control, the Donbass, the southern region, Crimea, that, that whole strip. We've all seen it on the news a million times. That is a big chunk of our going green. There's at least some supplies of stuff we need. Um, they have large lithium deposits that are not developed. They're second in gallium fifth globally in germanium extraction, eighth in manganese, seventh globally in iron, have huge titanium deposits. They actually make some titanium metal, so they're, they even do some of the processing. All of that 
Putin is taken away. Of course, we don't need it. We can buy it from China. <laughs> Our whole plan, Elon Musk, U.S. government, depends on China processing the material for us and selling it to us in an environment where there's very little competition for that for alternate processors because there's very few of any on any of those metals. There's very few people in the US that even know how to process that kind of stuff. The gene pools get really small. One of them, me, 74 years old, I've worked in nickel refining, cobalt refining, copper refining, rare earth refining, magnesium refining, lead, zinc, probably some more. I have 55 years of experience that start, it's going to go down the tube here in probably at least the next decade. That's assuming I can keep my brain working till then. 74-year-old, I'm starting to miss a few beats, if you haven't noticed. But I still know probably more than, I would say, there's probably maybe a dozen people in any one of those metals that knows more uh, about refining and any of those areas, metal refining. And it's not that I'm that brilliant, it's that the competition, I've just outlived the competition. Used to be millions of people that probably knew more than I do, but they've gone into other fields, they've retired, they've got old. We used to have colleges that graduated people in extractive metallurgy. Kind of short of supply right now. I think Colorado School of Mines may still do a little of that. It's mostly just physical metallurgy. So there's not a lot of people know how to do it. And our country doesn't, you know, not in my backyard, stops most everything. A few of them leak through after decades of working at it. So we got a plan that depends on Russia being good, Ukraine, you know, rebuilding themselves and starting mineral processing. That's now a decade away from what Putin's done. So I don't quite understand our current story of how we're going green. It seems really shaky to me. It sounds to me like we're just fixing to build a bunch of electric vehicles. Connect them to a grid that still gets most of its power from coal, natural gas, old nuclear power plants. 
we're not basically changing anything by putting electric vehicles on the road. The grid's still going to be giving dirty electricity to those electric vehicles. And Putin, we can't understand them, but maybe it's a lot simpler than we think. Maybe Ukraine is one big competitor, keeps Russia from having a monopoly on natural gas, coal, lithium, nickel, gallium, germanium, titanium, iron, manganese. Who knows? Certainly something to be factored into your story. Now, what good does doing, do, knowing all this do us? Maybe someone needs to to let America know that our going green depends on other countries because we're not willing to do it ourselves. It gives <clears throat> it gives Putin a lot more power because we beat on the heads of oil and gas producers to not produce and we turned it over to the bad guys to do it raw materials we don't want a bunch of mines in our country we turn that over to other countries and we keep our white gloves on and nice and clean well if America wants to change it, it's not going to be in my lifetime. Uh, we have to adopt a philosophy of controlling our supply chain. It's not complicated. It's hard to do. It's not complicated. We need at least 50% of what we use in this country on our finished products. The raw material needs to come from our borders or at least from people that are friendly to us. And that does not include Russia, China. We can't walk away overnight. But my grandkids could walk away. But we first have to change our mind about NIMBY and realize if it's not in our backyard, it's someone else's backyard that we don't have control over. Then we have to rebuild our extractive metallurgy in this country. Metal refining. We have to rebuild the whole education system. We have to get those books out of the libraries that are covered with dust, inches of dust, decades of neglect. Because we didn't want it in our backyard and we let gave it to China, somebody... They could have policy aligned with reality. Us, we have policies aligned with public fears. And some 
goofy, we're noble, pure people because we don't let mines be built in our country. We'll let everybody else do it and dirty up the planet. Dirty up the planet three times worse than we would. Here we can control the laws. We probably need on top of this, to boost start this, is tariffs that protect the new industries until they've got, I would say you keep a tariff in place until we at least have, make the tariffs proportional to how much of that product we produce in the U.S. Like, say if you say we produce 10% of the lithium in our country, then you have a real aggressive tariff, like 50%. <clears throat> when you get up to 20%, maybe it's 40%. That, that kind of de-escalated. When we get up to 50% lithium, then the, maybe there's only a 10% tariff. Get over 50, maybe there's no, there's no tariff. But it comes back in as soon as our production falls down. I mean, there's, there's got to be some thinking through that. You know what another side effect is? We'll put middle America back to work again. The minerals industry is the largest industry in the world, second only to oil and gas. Oil and gas is shrinking, so guess what? The new largest industry will probably still be energy, one form or another. Right now it's science fiction be green energy but as we've talked about before we don't really have a plan there since we don't have the raw materials but the number two biggest industry in the world is worth trillions the deposits in Russia the deposits in Ukraine that Russia wants to claim are worth tens of trillions of dollars this, this is not small pocket change this is really serious, large amounts of money are inside of Ukraine. And in a country that's willing to put holes in the ground for us so we don't have to dirty our hands. So, it's a long journey back. It's a long, long journey. I've watched us go down this journey in the wrong way for 55 years. I've been in first job in a smelter when I was 19. I'll be 75 at the end of this year. That's pretty high math. That's 56 years, I reckon. I've watched it going south for that long. And it's going to take Probably it's going to take 20 years for people to understand what the hell I'm talking about right now. People will be digging out this video 20 years after I'm dead, which is probably about 10 years from now. At least that's what I told my Aunt Minnie when I was 12. They're going to be digging out this video and said, wow, one person knew. There's actually the words getting around. I'm not the only person that knows. But we need the majority of people to understand that you have to dig holes in the ground to support our lifestyle. 
And going green, you're going to have to dig more holes in the ground. Three or four times as many. So don't ever let anybody sell you something that it's all good going in a certain direction. There is no such thing. There's pluses and minuses, and I want to make a big table of, you know, going green versus just letting things roll like they are. It's not all bad the way they are, and going green is not all good. We don't talk about it, but we should. There's a lot of trade-offs here. Just like nuclear energy, we're, we're idiots. We let political fear go against the data that we have on what's the safest energy around. Of course, you don't want to believe it. I'm an engineer guy, and I look at the data. Old habit of mine. Kind of like when someone asks, you know, is there a God? And what's the evidence? What's the evidence about going green? Make at least two columns. You know, things get worse. We've got a lot more holes in the ground. A lot more tearing up the earth going green. So there's a cost to that electric car. It's got to be paid off X years down the road compared to the fossil fuel car. Just the way it is. And it's not a small cost. These are big costs we're talking about. But I'm one of the people in favor of digging the hole. So if I'm saying that, I'm sure you guys that aren't in favor of digging the hole can, you know, expand on my list when I get it made. This is the ancient Texan asking you to look at what Putin's doing in terms of its effect on us going green. The whole world's kind of interrelated. And I want to look, remind you that if we let ourselves do a little more fracking and pipelines, we could go make a big, another big step close our coal plants, put in natural gas, we make another big step toward going green. A lot faster than plan A. Plan B is a lot faster, easier, less painful, less costly. Saves a lot of cash that could be used for feeding the world that's fixing to get very hungry as we start fighting for natural resources to go green. Ukraine is probably the first of many wars that we're fixing to fight over trying to get the resources to go green. I know, I'm a crazy, crazy Texan, crazy ancient Texan. Look at the evidence. What's the first big war in 50 years over? About going green. Certainly a big chunk of it. There's probably a lot of other stuff in Putin's crazy head. But one little corner of his head says, look at all those natural resources that will be ours 
and they'll not only be ours, they'll take away a large potential competitor going forward. The West doesn't even know it because they listen to my bullshit about the Russian Empire. <laughs> Why we believe anything he says is beyond me. But I'm the ancient Texan. What the hell do I know? Hope you have a good one. And... As soon as you want to know more about this stuff, let me know, and when the world's ready, I'll help help us go down that journey, assuming my ancient brain is still working. Have a good one. Namaste.